It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ducks fans, welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. This is our post-draft edition. And if you are watching us on YouTube, you can see we have a third face that if you're a longtime listener, you have probably recognized this uh, beautiful man just below Nate and I. <laughs> Maybe not, because last time I saw, or last time we saw him on here, he was wearing uh, quite the outfit. It was, uh, it was like sombrero hat and like Hawaiian t-shirt. And, it was the California uh, reflector. Yeah, like a reflector jacket on too. I, I would I would have brought them back, but I lost them in the house fire. So oh, <laughs> I, I, will I will replace everything. Like like eventually my entire outfit will be Hawaiian t-shirts. So it'll That's come good. back. That's you good. know what I think good. we need to add in there though is a TQR bucket hat. We'll make sure you get one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, from Flames Nation, he is joining us to talk all about the NHL draft. Shane Stevenson. And, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. A little slow. A little slow. <laughs> and this is why I still need the keyboard sound myself. <laughs> it's only been how many weeks? It's because it's I'm not at home, so I don't have my physical keyboard. I have to, oh, I have now to you have excuses. Click the I see how I do, it I do, is. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Shane, buddy, how you been doing? I'm good. I uh, I've been in complete draft mode for about two weeks, so now I have to swiftly here uh, in the next two days start getting into free agency mode. And uh, in Flames world, it's kind of chaotic. Uh, we'll leave that for the Flames podcast. So that's that's <laughs> that's way more complicated than it needs to be. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm shifting into that. But I'm uh, it was a, it was a good draft weekend for a lot of young guys, and it was good. A lot of dreams come true. And now, as they say, the work starts for these young guys now. Draft's just the beginning, so it's nice to celebrate for a night. But now you've uh, you got it. Doesn't matter where you whether you were picked first or two hundred nineteenth. You uh, you still got a shot as long as you go to camp. So uh, now sure. it's time to get to work. Development camps are already starting. So yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I was hearing uh, there was oh, I forget who was the Detroit pick. I think in the first round there. Apparently he was at a bar wearing his draft jersey though. I'm like that's ballsy. Casper? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Casper. I think. Marco yeah. Casper. Yeah, it was my like very bars. Stevie Y. I, I that was my Stevie Y. I'm like I think Stevie Y will reach for Casper. He just feels like the Stevie Y guy. And then he went and I was like. 
satisfaction. <laughs> so okay, be- before we get into the draft stuff, we did have Stevie Y moves. Can we talk about the fact that he got Vili Huso for the like a, for a third round pick? Like it's it's signing rights, right? Because yeah, he's going to be. Yeah, and he got to sign him, and and they were willing to pay him. That's the kicker. Like how yeah. many teams wanted to pay a goalie? And and there's a lot of dichotomy online because Vili Huso had a very very he was the best goaltender in the league for the first half of the season, and he mm-hmm. wasn't that in the second half. And Bennington overtook him in the playoffs. So a lot of teams back away, right? They want to see yeah. a goalie do it for the whole season. CVY is still in rebuild mode. They got a new coach. They have Ndelkovic as a as a secondary insulation. Like, go ahead, you got the money. You need to hit the cap floor. Every the, the, a lot of young guys. Mort Sider is still under a million dollars right now for another two years. So that doesn't Jesus bother Christ. me. It's a good gamble. Well, Lucas Raymond's under a million for another two years too. Like, like you can spend money like that on those positions. And now it's a competition between those two goaltenders. And if one of them survives, then Detroit has a starting goalie for the next ten years. So. It's it's smart moves by Stevie Y as usual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, has like, a, oh. a great few seasons, and like he looks like a genius for the next because what four years is that? How long he signed for? Three, three, three. Yeah, for the next three years, Stevie Y might look like a genius if Huso. Oh, he's up okay. Yeah, you can, you can you can tell I haven't. I've been trying to keep up with stuff. I didn't <laughs> even know the guy got signed. I just saw the trade. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, he immediately three years, four and a half million. So so he invested four and a half million over three years, which is what not a lot of teams would. Do that on a goalie oh, that on but right? you can. They'd want to yeah. go down in the maybe two and a half, three range on a two-year deal, right? Mm-hmm. Detroit said, "You know what? Screw it. We'll we'll pay our assets. We we've got enough. We've got a hell of a cupboard of prospects right now. Let's pay it. Let's let's. And now we've got two young goaltenders. Let's see which one wins the battle and see where we can go from there. So, uh, I'm I'm a big Stevie Y fan. He him. It, it's it's kind of funny. Like growing up, to me, the direct comparable to Steve Eiserman was Joe Sackick. And they both turned out to be fantastic general managers. So it's yeah. just, it's like it just mirrors, they mirror each other to me. So, yeah. So, one guy that's learned a lot under Stevie Y is the Ducks' new GM, or I guess he's not really new. He's been around for a few months now, but Pat Verbeek. And he did mm-hmm. some work over the last couple of days. So, I don't know. You guys want to get into some some Ducks picks here? Shane, I know this is a little, you, you were saying on Twitter that this is, this is the one time it'll be nice to Ducks. Uh, in general, I'll be, I'll be nice back, back while I'm on a Ducks podcast. But the second, <laughs> second the recording stops, I'm back to hating them permanently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's uh, I I like what the Ducks did on the weekend. I love their first pick. Let's 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 go first round first because sure. they took Pat, uh, defenseman from the Saginaw Spirit, Pavel Mintyakov, and he's just an all around do everything kind of player. Not the one to primarily take the first shot. Uh, he likes to keep play alive in the zone. Very good at transition. Extremely good at neutral zone defense as well. He, he was one of the best all-around defensemen that were available in the draft. And the Ducks, the Ducks, they just snagged him. They had the 10th pick. They need it. They already have, they're good up front. They've got wingers and they've got centers coming. Troy Terry just broke out. He's young. They've got lots of, Lots of good things coming. It's good to start getting that D back up because Drysdale already made the team, and and you've you've kind of the Ducks kind of let the prospects go bare here. Like Josh Manson's gone. Uh, who else? Who else? You guys would know more. He might not be gone for long. There, there's already <laughs> been true, talk yeah. of like, oh yeah, he'll just come back now. He's he's got his cup. Yeah, he's yeah. got his cup. He can come hang out. Who wouldn't want to hang out in? Let, let's be real. Who wouldn't want to spend the rest of their career on the beaches in Anaheim? Exactly. Like, yeah. Let's, let's be real here. Why do you think no one ever leaves San Jose? Like yeah. the, the old joke is, yeah, no one ever leaves San Jose. They just stay there. It's because yeah. it's nice. 
(laughs) in the winter it's plus 25 and you can go walk your dog on the beach like of course, why, why wouldn't you want to play in Anaheim? Southern Alberta, we're just getting to that temperature now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it can go back to minus 10 whenever it wants to. I'm, I'm, I'm a winter guy, so yeah, I insulate, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I that was a very smart pick, this draft. Uh, it, everyone said that, you know, there was so much volatility in this draft. There was so much, you know, Shane Wright went fourth. So yeah. no one's mm-hmm. predictions were really on the mark. No one really nailed this draft. It was everywhere, and everyone kind of just got th- – this is funny because they're, all these players' previous season, their D-1, we call it, was COVID. So a lot of them – some yeah. of them lost it. Some of them had shortened seasons. It's really hard to evaluate when you don't get as much time to view these guys as possible. So uh, I think Anaheim did a pretty good job, uh, especially with their first pick. Uh, do, do you guys uh, have anything on? Yeah, well, yeah, Mitnikov uh, would have been one of those guys who lost his D1, right? Because the OHL didn't play at all this mm-hmm. uh, this last season there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, all-around player on defense. He scored 17 goals and 45 assists for 62 points in 67 games this year with the Saginaw Spirits. So, yeah, definitely a guy that can, you know, help put pucks in the net and that sort of thing. But like you said, he's, a, he's an all-around guy, too, from what I've been able to gather. So, I uh, if, if you've you know, been listening to this show for a little bit. I was really high up on Connor geeky for that 10th overall pick. I was kind of kicking myself when, you know, Arizona takes him 11th, but uh, that, that's not to be a, a slight on Mintukov uh, personally or that. It was just the guy that I was looking for. So. Yeah. When they did get, they did get their power forward later, but we'll get that next. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I kind of had to dip out for a minute and let the dog out. So I apologize if you guys talk ooh, about this, but ooh, I can. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of, when we drafted Mintikov, I kind of thought immediately like, oh, this seems like a Lindholm replacement. Maybe not for next year, but like a couple of years down the road because, um, you know, puck moving defenseman plays the left side. That's kind of what Lindholm was um, yeah. for us. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I subscribe to a Patreon um, from uh, at Mitch L. Brown on Twitter. Uh, he manually tracks data and he does it in the CHL and the NCAA as well as other leagues. So uh, well worth the money. Uh, he then he directly compares and puts all of a uh, bunch of advanced statistics into uh, a database, and and players get ranked on percentiles. So the higher the percentile, the better you were in relative to your peers. Mintikov in his draft eligible season, his entry prevention percentage was ninety six percent. So yeah, we, we Nate Nate mentions the points. The points are great, mm-hmm. but he's doing it because he doesn't let guy. He doesn't even let guys into his own zone. He, he's great on control entries, uh, relative percentage, 91%. Controls entry per 60, he's in the 95th percentile. Exit uh, Control to exits out of the zone per 60, he's in the 80th percentile. So these are high-end numbers for a guy who it's his first draft-eligible year. Like He's playing against guys that are 19 and 20 as well. We, we forget about mm-hmm. that. Guys that mm-hmm. didn't lose entire years to OHL years to COVID. So it's... Uh, a very positive sign. He definitely deserved to be a high pick, and the Ducks snagged him. It's it's a great, great prospect. Um, I, I'm glad a Russian kid went high. There was a lot of negative talk about the Russian kids this mm-hmm. year with their situation. Yeah. The kids aren't the ones at war, so I'm glad that Mintikov, he was already over here, and he was able to enjoy his draft day. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cardi, you got anything to add? Uh, no, I'm good. We can move on to uh, Nathan Gauthier. Is that how you say that? Gauthier. It's Gauthier. probably, probably Gauthier. 
Okay. I'm probably adding an I in there. I shouldn't be, but uh, that's because <laughs> I watched Frederick Gauthier play for the Leafs way too long. Um, Nathan Gauthier, <laughs> the, Nate mentioned the big power forward, the big, big power yeah. forward that he was wanting in Connor Geeky. Well, he kind of gets Connor Geeky light when you get Nathan Gauthier. He's very good at offense. He's very good at using his body to drive the net. The one thing I don't like about him is his defensive play. It's very questionable. And for a guy that plays center, you need to have a strong defensive game. So I'm very interested to watch how he projects. His offense is there and he's playing against junior competition. That's great. But when he gets put up against higher level guys or pros that have been doing it for a while, that's when I, that's when I want to see him tested. Um, I want to see him tested in his own zone to make sure he can, you know, not let quality chances against the center center's job is so important in the defensive zone. Um, it's understated. So it's he's a he's not a guy. Mintikov I could see being there in three years, two if he really takes off. Gauthier's a three to four, possibly five guy for me. Like he, you got to work with him. You got to he's gonna have he's naturally gonna get points, but you're definitely gonna have to work on his play in the neutral zone and how he gets through it. Into it, you got to attack properly. You can't just attack relentlessly. So yeah. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be a guy probably that'll spend a couple of years still in junior, right, and then go yeah. uh, to San Diego, develop there a little bit, and uh, and then we'll hopefully see him in a Ducks uniform. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, sorry, go ahead, Carter. I was oh. I was going to read stats because that's oh, yeah, that's sure. what I'm good at doing here <laughs> in, in, in terms of prospects yeah. <laughs> is reading is reading stats. Yeah, what uh, <laughs> what would you say, Coach's potential uh, is like? Is he a middle six guy? Is he a top six guy? Um, I see. We're going to have center depth, so. I, well, I don't think he'll ever take over Mason McTavish. Like, that's the kicker. Like, yeah. Mason McTavish is the guy of the future. He's direct. Like, mm-hmm. Getzlaff's leaving, right? Great mm-hmm. legend, Hockey Hall of Fame. We'll see you there. Um, that's McTavish's spot to take. And you already got Zegras. So that that's – he doesn't need – you don't need him anytime soon. Those guys should mm-hmm. be your one-two punch up the middle for the next five, six years, no questions, right? Like, mm-hmm. that that should be it. Um McTavish, you still got Henrique as an insulation. You still got Sam Steele. You still got some guys there that you don't have to force him to play 20 minutes a night against top competition. McTavish can come along slowly. But as for Gauthier, you know, he slots in maybe at the 3C there. He, he has potential to be a 2C with the offense. But he definitely, like I said, if he doesn't get his defensive game around, he's not going to find those opportunities. He could shift to the wing. You know, he's, he's drafted yeah. just because you're drafted as a center doesn't mean you have to go there. And he could be a very effective power forward on the wings if he can if he's for if he can learn how to properly forecheck and get separation from the puck and at the at the top level. So the tools are there. The, the size is that you can't teach size. They say that all the time. And and Pierre could, Maguire. So, so <laughs> but uh, you know, he, he has potential with the offense in his game to be a second line player in my mind he could easily be a third line and definitely anybody like that, as long as they've got pace and speed can play on the fourth line in the NHL. So will he play? I think he'll definitely play uh, more than a handful of games. What's his ceiling? Well, that's up to, that's up to determines up to him and, and the coach at the time. And to be honest, if he ever got, if he did develop, turned into a player and got moved for uh, another in a package for a better player at a deadline, when, when the ducks are good enough to make a run, that wouldn't surprise me either. He, it's it just because you take him doesn't mean he's going to play. You could use down the line. Like I said, they're good one, two punch up the middle for the long, long term, theoretically. Um, especially Zegras is not going to get 
worse. So <laughs> he might have a slump year, but he's definitely he's he's a, he, the kid's a rock star. So um, no, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I do see Gauthier playing. I don't know what level. I I, I want to see him play in the American Hockey League for good 20, 30 games before I really like. Okay, that's a ceiling. I, I like okay. to give him time. The first year after you're drafted is crucial for development. You can't take a step back. It's 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 huge. It's predominantly ninety five percent of players that turn out to be good NHLers always take a step forward when they're their next year after their draft. So that's crucial for him to go back to junior and dominate. You're expected to be a dominating player, especially in the QMJHL. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the it's considered the weaker weakest of the three Canadian leagues, and if you can't go back and immediately dominate as a first round pick, it's not a great sign. Doesn't mean yeah. the end of the world, just not a great sign. So yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Uh, Gauthier this year had 57 points, 31 goals in 66 games with the Quebec Ramparts and had nine points in 12 playoff games this year. Like I said, I'm good at reading stats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. Then you know, all of a sudden you start getting into the fancy stats and then it's hooked to your I've been I've been trying to. So I've been slowly getting into it. So my, my favorite are the – I've been understanding the goalie stats. Those are those are the big things that I've been getting. Like, yeah, of course you you and your goal. <laughs> yeah, not surprising, hey? <laughs> Nate's goals above expected is uh, – goals above expected is negative 27. So just so everyone knows, that's terrible. Um, damn. <laughs> Pretty sure that's worse than Grubauer this year. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. He was bad. Um, all right. Now, now the next – the second round interested me because I, I – I get why they took Warren ahead of Leno, but they were teammates, line mates at times, mm-hmm. um, defense pairing. So that's it's natural chemistry you've just brought into your organization from guys that are the exact same age. Um, they did go heavy on D to start the draft, though. So three defensemen from an organization that knows how to develop defensemen. Let's let's put that into perspective. Shea Theodore, Leno, oh, not Leno, sorry, Shea Theodore, um, Josh Manson. Tons of Anaheim defensemen are throughout, littered throughout the league that all grew up playing in Anaheim and are now currently members of other organizations. So, you know, if, you, if you're good at developing, why not overabundance? Take what you're good at, gra- draft a bunch of them, and then if you can't develop wingers, we'll use the great D to draft wingers that are already developed, right? Like, you can trade them later. Like, yeah. nothing's a permanent asset. Uh, there, there are people on the other end of this, so it's not just like a video game. We can't just toss them aside, but <laughs> but, it, but it's there. And if you've got if you've got an overabundance, it's a good thing. Uh, the, the, the Ducks have tons of stuff in their cupboard. They've drafted great for about three years now. Pat Verbeek has been making fantastic trades and moves, and and very he's been very sleek since he took over. And uh, as a Flames fan, I hate it. Like stop being <laughs> good. The same thing when the Oilers hired Jay Woodcroft. I was like, "Don't do that. He's a good coach. I don't want. I don't. I don't want that. I want you to suck." So, hey, you know what? The Oilers are balanced though by still having Ken Holland. So, yeah, well, yeah. noted starting goaltender Mike Smith. Um, <laughs> no, LTIR. No Warren. He interests me because he's the typical big defenseman, right? Yeah. Those when you draft a big defenseman high, it can burn you so bad. It can. Uh, you look at like Luke Shen, Stanley Cup champion. So, you know, everyone's going to be hating me that he was a fifth overall pick based on his career trajectory. Should he been a fifth overall pick? Absolutely not. You know, second, third round maybe, but you, when you take the big defenseman that can skate, you risk, you risk not being able to develop the rest of his game. And, and 
normally I worry about that with Noah Warren. And I thought, well, you know, if a team like Arizona took him, poor kid's not going to get what he needed. But he literally went to the one team that I was like, they might be able to actually turn him into a very effective player. They, they did it with Manson. Like Manson wasn't exactly a shoot him up scoring style guy. And they were able to bring him up and he effectively was very effective in the Colorado Stanley cup run. So whenever I can see an organization do stuff like that, it's like, okay, well I, I trust that. now. I don't always trust every organization to do that. I wouldn't trust the senators to develop any sort of defenseman ever. So, (laughs) so, so that's good. Leno is the one with the more offensively talent, offensive talents he's definitely a better skater definitely definitely better in terms of offense noah you can think of him as your prototypical defensive defenseman and together they make quite the pair together they make quite the pair the one guy that stays home and the one guy that flies in terms of a calgary pro comparison it's like shillington and tana now i'm not saying uh, i'm not saying warren's as good as defense uh, good at defense as tanev is but stylistically that's the theory of the pair and and they're gonna the Ducks have now control of their destination and they can just play them together for the next however long they want and benefit from it. Benefit from the natural chemistry they're going to get from these guys. So, If anyone's curious as to uh, how big Noah Warren is, yeah. at uh, 17 years old, his birthday is on the 15th coming up here and he'll turn 18. 6'5", 225 pounds. Big. He's a big boy. <laughs> big. And now Isn't Manson close to that Manson six, four, I think he's also not 17. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 17 years old is the same thing. And if you saw him at the draft, that ain't, that ain't fat weight. That is no. not fat weight. That's not, no, like that, that is I, a, that is a man. Is, that right guy there. Is <laughs> and that kid, that kid is big boy. Like uh, <laughs> you don't want, if he, if the kicker is he can, is his skating. Now they say he is a better skater than most players that play like him. I liked Maverick Lamoureux better than him, which apparently the scouts did too, because he ended up being a first round pick. And he was six, Matt Lamoureux was six, seven, two something, like round what Warren is. The fact that there was two of them available in one draft was, was what surprised me. Like two mm-hmm. huge guys that can skate. Because that's, that's the two things you want from a defensive defenseman. You want them to have a good stick and you want them to be mobile. Because mm-hmm. if they're not mobile, that's the hardest thing to get into a big guy. And that's, that's a lot of time and effort you're going to put in to, a, to to someone that okay now you can skate but then he can't pass and then he can't shoot and, and you know because you split all the time trying to teach him how to skate you don't really need to do that with Warren he can skate a bit better than a lot of the people his size so he can focus on his positioning and his stick work and that'll take him farther as a pro uh, again he the, the after outside the top 10 15 picks I really want to see this first the progressional step of the next year after round four four down it's really like let's we really need to see what's next because mm-hmm. you may have potential but we don't we we need to absolutely see what your next step is like you take a guy out of the high school or you take a guy out of the ajhl or bchl you really want to see what they can do at a level against better competition against older older competition more experienced warren and leno Again, they're in the queue as well. There's a lot of queue in the top end of this draft, and that's it's fine. They're good prospects, but the like I said, the league isn't the strongest. So the fir- the the jump to a better league is very important to me in terms of watching them develop. 
Yeah, something I noticed actually from uh, Pat Verbeek's drafting here, six of the eight picks come from the CHL, and three of them are from the Q. Then you have another two from the WHL, and your top pick there in uh, Mintikov is from the OHL. Mm-hmm. He's liking his Can- he's liking his Canadian based kids, and I'm liking it yeah, too as a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> if um, if they're gro- grown on the farm, lifting uh, lifting bales, he just loves them. <laughs> oh, in that case, they're going to Calgary to play under Sutter. <laughs> yeah. No, they just work. They just work at his farm, and then they go play for the Ducks. You remember? You might. We forget. Sutter worked for the Ducks. Yeah, he did before. Yeah, right. uh, and and I think uh, there there was talk that he was uh, he was tried or yeah. Oh my God. English is not my thing today. Bob Murray tried to hire Daryl Sutter as a coach before Dallas Eakins, I believe. And mm-hmm. Sutter didn't, didn't want to do it. He said he'd only coach for two teams. He'd coach for the Blackhawks, where he started his career as we played as a player, and yeah. he coached to start his career in Calgary. Those are the only two play, which is home to him because he's from yeah. Viking, right? So he'd play in the place that gave him his first start as a player and first start as a coach, and or the player or the place closest to home that he that felt like home to him. That's yeah. that that's that's not a slight it when you're his age and you were at oh, yeah, no, the NHL wins in two cups, you can just pretty much do whatever you want, right? Yeah, so he was still an advisor to the Anaheim Ducks. He was a coaching advisor, I believe. So yeah, yeah, and, he advised. Uh, yeah. 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 So maybe he should have stuck with that job for uh, for our sake here. But uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Noah Warren, like you said, uh very defensive minded, only twenty-four points in sixty-two games. Uh, one stat though that we don't normally take a look at for you know the basic stats for that he was a plus seventeen uh, for his plus minus so that's looking pretty good especially for you know like a not as great league like the QM uh, as we're talking about here so yeah, yeah. Um, um, I had a question it totally slipped my mind Let's see if it comes <laughs> back to me but uh, oh yeah you were just before we got on you were saying um, you were. A little confused why the Ducks took Warren over Leno, and because you actually had Leno rated higher, is that right? I I liked Leno's offensive skills. I'm that's this that's my preference though. I like to rank, I like to rank guys with high end skill over the big defensemen. I value the defensemen still. I just don't like to use top fifty picks on those guys because I you you tend to see them not work out more than they actually do work out. That's that's, that's why fair. it's not terrible. When when uh, Maverick Lamoureux went 27th, that made the market for Warren increase. If Lamoureux doesn't go, Lamoureux was always ranked higher in Warren than pretty much everybody's list. So once he go, he, once he went, then there's only one other guy that fit that bill, that big guy that could skate. So I, I see why they took him there, why they didn't like, okay, well, we ha- if we want him, we have to take him, right? And, mm-hmm. and they don't build him like that everywhere. So... That's why they took him higher, I, I, I would think. But I, I just personally, Luno and his, his skill set, I just liked it better. So that, that's my own that's personal cool. preference. And, and that's everyone. Like That's why the draft can be so different because everyone's got a different team of scouts that are all preaching to their GM, I want you to take my guy, right? Yeah. Like you've got a guy posted up in Europe. you got a guy posted in the O, the Q. you got a guy posted up in, in the States. And all of them at the second round are going – Oh, take my guy. He's falling. My guy fell, or my guy's available. You, you know, like it's, it's he's there, and you've got a bunch of guys in your ear. Now, normally, you stick to your list. You make a list. You stick to your list. That doesn't happen. Like that, that changes. It goes on. They say that happens. It's not what happens. It, it changes consistently. And so, I, when Lamoureux went, I think that's why they went with Warren. But 
I'd still, no matter what, I stick to my. I, I would be sticking to my guns. I'd be like, I don't care what any other team did. I care about what my team's doing, and I want the best player available whenever I pick. So mm-hmm. they still got him. So it's not like it's not like it was a terrible yeah. thing. And Leno is very skilled defenseman. He's one of the better better skaters in the draft for a four defenseman. So overall, overall, not terrible. But it, I was definitely I was like, why? Like, 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 why? Especially when I saw it, because by the time I checked in on the second round, it was Leno and Warren had both gone, and I was like, okay, whatever, whatever. You got them both, so I mean, mm-hmm. that's what matters, hey? Yeah. Pike, Pike, Pike tells me all the time, you want to have different types of players to f- check different types of boxes because you don't know what you're going to need, and mm-hmm. if you have the cupboards full of playmakers and scorers and and two-way guys and defense-first guys and and guys that are really good at uh, defending the net versus guys that are really good at getting the pucks out of the zone. Then you, you whenever you need something, you might have it in the might have it in the minors. So mm-hmm. drafting Mintikov, Warren, and Leno, who all profile differently. Well, now you've got three different types of defensemen. One of them should pan out. Mintikov should really pan out. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Mintikov should really pan out. Um, but like, even if you get one of Gaucher, Warren, and Leno turning into a surefire pick then this draft is a huge success so you 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 hope you get one quality nhler that you can play for long times really you hope for one if you can get two you had a fantastic draft if you can have if you can get three guys that become regular everyday contributors you killed it and that, that that's that that's the that's the tears if you you name a team that gets five guys that play 500 games for their organization all of the same draft i will tip my hat i'll eat i'll vend money five bucks <laughs> like, like, like that's. Yeah, okay, I know what I'm doing after this year. I'm figuring that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, bucks. I'll actually buy Nate a Slurpee. Like, yeah. Perfect. Um, Sounds good. And yeah. uh, I, I was kind of laughing to myself too, because like you're talking about the, you know, the Luke Shen pick at number five, and you know how it maybe didn't doesn't turn out quite the way you want it to, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I've heard this. Where have I heard this? Oh yeah, right, Shane from Flames Nations Radio. <laughs> oh, I, I I have tons of examples. Dylan Mickelrath went tenth overall. Like he's another one that big guy even eric good branson going third like you look at you look oh, retrospect into his career <laughs> you look retrospect over the career and you're like okay well he definitely he's calgary turned him into an everyday nhler but you know should he have you gone there like like these big risks that these guys take with these big defensive defensemen they yeah. tend to hurt at that high in the draft they tend to hurt you more than they help you but the other kicker is when you get the guys with size that can play, like Tyler Myers' first few seasons in the league were really, really good, which is why he's still valued today. Mm-hmm. He won the rookie of the year his first year in the league. He went high because he's big and he can skate. Like you, if you want a guy that size to pan out, you really got to take, you really have to take the risks on them early. So some people may not like it, but I would never spend a first round pick on a project like that. That's just my own preference. Second rounder, okay. My scout better sell me on it. Third rounder, sure, whatever. Like sh- at that point, yeah. if unless it's, it's your first money, pick, unless <laughs> unless you're like Calgary and that's the only pick you had. Like Calgary had fifty nine and then one fifty five. At fifty nine, you, you can't take risks when you don't have that many picks. You should take the, the the highest ceiling guys you have. So the Ducks had lots of picks. The Ducks had what two, four, six, eight, eight picks. One more than one more than they were gifted to start. Right, you get seven. You get seven on any given year ahead of times. 
it's crazy. We're going to have to keep track of this stuff because 2024 and 2025 picks got traded this weekend. So that's, that used to be like a basketball and a football thing. And now it's leaking the <laughs> hockey here. So that's what, that's what cap friendly is good for. You can take a look yeah, at that totally and go, yeah, yeah. the Arizona Coyotes yeah. had how many picks this year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. Them and the Canadians, like right. everyone's like Coyotes and the Canadians had a good draft. I'm like, it was almost hard for them to not. Cause even if they just blindly threw darts at the board, they'd eventually <laughs> get a good player. So, okay. <laughs> so am I the only one who thought, when Gary Bettman walked up to the stage at pick number four and said, we have a trade to announce that involves Montreal. Did anybody else think that Montreal was getting that fourth pick and they were going to take Shane Wright as well? Did anybody else think that for a split second? No, I, I didn't think, I didn't think they'd have, they wouldn't want to pony up the cost. Like they kind of don't really have their key pieces are young. Like they're the key pieces they want to keep. They want to keep Nick Suzuki. Right, they don't want to trade them. They want to keep all the defense. And that would probably be the price, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're going to get fourth overall, you want to you want a surefire, you want a surefire top six forward is what you want plus another pick. So I I fans did not like that Romanov got traded. That was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was surprised by that. Even funnier on the way into the draft, Montreal fans were booing yeah, right. Slavkovsky. They were booing him. They were like, "We don't want you." We don't want you. Who goes first? Slavkovsky. Now, <laughs> they'll all backtrack. Guaranteed oh, yeah, they'll all backtrack. But, yeah, Montreal did, Montreal did really good. Seattle did good by virtue of everyone falling into their lap. They didn't have to do anything yeah. crazy. Literally just fell. They got Jagger Fergus and Shane Wright. <laughs> fell into their lap. Fell into their lap. If you told me they were going to get those two players at 4th and 33, no. I'd, have, I'd have laughed at you. I would have laughed yeah. at you. And uh, yeah, I could see Furkus falling, but I didn't see I didn't see Wright falling to three. That that surprised me. Like I I liked Cooley. I really liked Cooley over Wright. I, I personally did, and I really liked Nemec. Nemec was a f- Nemec might be the pick of the draft. You don't even know it. He's he's like a unicorn on defense. He could turn into the next big thing. But uh, yeah, I didn't see. I I, I knew Slavkovsky was great, but I didn't think he'd fall to four. I I really didn't. So. Yeah, that was very surprising. But I mean, Seattle was laughing the whole way. So, So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He got uh, got an extra year, though, didn't he? So, like, because he started in the OHL when he was 15. uh, Yeah, he got, he started exceptional status when he was 15. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So, the the extra year to like pick things apart probably hurt him a little bit, too. Yeah, well, you can focus more. That's not a bad thing. You can focus more on playing defense when you get to that point, too. So it could go yeah. better long term. Other players that had exceptional status come to mind. I think Drew Doughty, John Tavares. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Doughty actually had it. Tavares for sure got exceptional status. Yeah. Did Petrangelo get it? I think Petrangelo got it, too. Petrangelo, Ekblad. Ekblad did for sure. One. McDavid, um, obviously. Yeah, McDavid, yeah. But like like the those level players. So right doesn't fall into those guys like he's not the same as the other forwards so mm. we'll see at this current time we'll see we'll see he could he could develop like seattle doesn't really have that many other prospects to put their resources into right so the guy's gonna get everything they got and they are analytically driven and they are smart run organization in terms of their back their back office so that interests me we got way off ducks by the way we did way off. <laughs> a little bit but you know what? That, that's fine it is, a, it is a draft show so yeah but, uh, you know, uh, I did want to ask you about right anyways, oh, so we kind of like naturally made our way. Over naturally, there. just got there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, 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 I love the stare down. I love the stare down. I, you go up there and you just stare at the table. Oh, like, yeah. Hmm? 
really did this to me? It's been called the Shane Wright draft for three years, and you did this to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and there was, uh, you know, like there was, yeah, like all the talk and kind of like wonder, like, oh, did he actually stare them down and that kind of thing? And uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nikki, had shared someone else's post that, you know, was bringing up that idea. And sure enough, you see liked by, and it was Shane Wright's Instagram handle. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, this will be fun. <laughs> It, yeah, it, just made, it just made Seattle versus Montreal versus Arizona versus New Jersey must watch hockey. And who would have said that during this year at all, right? Well, I'm, yeah. I come into New Jersey all the time because like they're a goalie away from actually being good. Jack yeah. Hughes is great. Nikki O'Hishier is a defensive-minded center, which a lot of people would kill for. They have signed for not terrible amount of money. Jesper Bratt's unreal. Dougie Hamilton's quarterback in their back end. They've got – Alexander Holtz, they got Dawson Mercer coming. Mercer kind of already came, and he's he's there. Mer- Holtz is next, and you know they're apparently in the big market money for a big money left wing to play with Hughes and his year, and Dad Nemec to play next to Hamilton or whoever. I don't think Nemec will play right away. He probably should play another year, develop, but we'll see. It, it, New Jersey's setting themselves up good. They just needed a goalie, which they got in Vanacek. Now, I don't know if he's the answer, but we'll find it worth finding out. He's been an NHL goaltender for two years now. So, yeah, New Jersey, New Jersey won the lottery and now they're they got the piece they needed. Like, they didn't need a center and they didn't need a winger, they needed another defense, one that really, really come along or has a super high ceiling. And they got that, they got the defenseman in the draft. So, um, your check's great, and I he was a very Kekalainen pick to me. I said that to my I said that to my girlfriend when it came up. I was like, I was like, it just feels like Kekalainen will take your check. He's he's a European GM. He's like a Euro, European defenseman. I just like it feels right, and sure as hell that one wins. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I did that. I did that with Eiserman, and I did that with Kekalainen. I was like, ah, oh, nice, and it's hard. I'm proud of myself for guessing the Eiserman pick before it happened. I was like, that was... Yeah, nobody yeah, knows what Eiserman No one knows. Doing. No I didn't decide her thing. I was like, who's, who's that? I literally was like, I was like, that kid? Like, back and then he was like ranked like in the second round or whatever. So I was like, fourth or sixth overall, I think he went? Like, I was like, what? Yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, you just never question Steve Eiserman ever. Nope. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever. So, oh, and the other thing I got to mention since we're on everything, Isaac Howard, fantastic vibes. Like, yes. like if vibes were if there was an award for best vibes at the draft, it was either him or the kid wearing the blue fedora. Like he showed <laughs> up in a turtleneck and chain, and like like the blue turdy and the chain. And it was Tampa and blue strutting. almost, yeah. He, he goes thirty first. So late, he's been there all night, right? And he just struts up and he's like, yeah, like he's just having a blast, right? Like doesn't care. Love that attitude. Tampa, like you, I don't know if you guys saw a few years back, they made this video when COVID was over and there was all them guys jumping on jet skis to go. Yeah, I remember that. It just like that, just just the vibes Howard gave in that video just mesh seemed to mesh perfectly. So I thought that was oh. What what did he say at the at the desk after? He's like, uh, he's like, I, I'm the best looking guy here, so I thought I'd be the best dressed guy here, also. Yeah, yeah. That, was, then, that was a good line. <laughs> and he also said the NHL, like, he's like the NBA. He he did. So he said the NBA and the NFL tend to have personalities. He's like, I don't know yeah. why we don't either. And I was he's like, that's absolutely right. That's what I'm talking about. I need more Jake Voracek's yelling at the press. Like, let's go. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got right. yeah Isaac like, Howard. We got our own Trevor Zegers. Like it's it's a lot yeah. of the guys coming from the U.S. development program who are bringing in that personality to the NHL. And you know what? As a Canadian, all to you for like to the, to the states for that because we absolutely Brilliant. need it a hundred percent. Yeah, you grew up as a kid, whether you're in the states or Canada, and you see. You, know, you you watch the NBA draft and you see that these guys wearing customized suits and fancy yeah. hats and, and big old watches. Like they, they, they dress up. The difference is though, at those drafts, those guys are like 22, 21. Like they've, they've gone through college. Yeah. 17, 18 year old kids getting drafted. Most of these kids don't even understand what fashion is or what they even like to wear because they're still wearing what their mom bought them at the friggin' tip top tailor. So God, I, I just th- I think back to like the 2003 entry draft, right? And like all these guys that we've you know grown up watching and everything like that. And I think of like you know Mark Andre, yeah, like, like Mark Andre Fleury's got like his glasses and uh, and and spike tips, and you're just like, oh man, like. <laughs> It's just yeah, it's, bring it's back. kind of the nerdy look, right? Like <laughs> maybe I'll cut my hair, maybe I'll cut my hair and get frosted tips. I won't. I, I trust me when I watch Top Gun. I'm definitely not going to shave. I definitely <laughs> will not do that. So. Come on, and man, Nate join the club. Hint, <laughs> Nate did that. <laughs> hey, it is coming back already. Yeah, so. it's coming back yeah, quick. It's so that's pretty yeah. Good. yeah, so hopefully, hopefully in a couple of months we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be back to where we were. So. Uh, we are four picks in at this point here. We're halfway through. So I'm going to give Shane a break from talking. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Before I'm, I give I'm, you a break. <laughs> you never need to give me a I got Ben King stuff up on my computer already. So it's going to be ready. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So we'll, we'll give Shane a break because unlike most episodes, I'm not doing a bunch of the talking here. So I'm going to talk for a moment here and tell you about DraftKings. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nicely done, Nate. Thank God, you. Was I watching TV just now? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt like it. because you, uh, you look like Shane, you looked like one of those people in like the like the infomercials where you're like, oh, wow, really? <laughs> wow, this product you're showing me that you didn't show me beforehand is tre- tremendous. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I got this giant bucket of stuff and oh no, just, it fell. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm just really glad to hear a sports betting ad that doesn't end with now open in Ontario. it's peace of mind so i live in alberta i could give two craps if there's a sports book open in ontario (laughs) yeah i can't know what it's nationwide in canada yet i couldn't watch the flames play the oilers for five playoff games without hearing it 47 times a broadcast so (laughs) (laughs) on sportsnet west yeah 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 Yeah, right so (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, oh. let's get into uh, our fifth pick, Ben King out of, uh, well, I, I am not scrolled there here. Uh, oh my God, where the fuck? Oh, he's, he's up the Red road. He's, he's up the QE too. Red Deer Rebels of the WHL. Ben King uh, had 68 games played this year, scored a whopping 52 goals, 53 assists for 105 points. And this guy is going in the fourth round, 107th overall. There's a reason. Why, Shane? Why? Because he's, he's 20. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> it's his second year draft eligibility. So he's the, you, you got to watch for the overagers. You're like, why the hell did a guy with 104 points go in the fourth round? It's because he's 20. That That's why he's, he's overagers. So they snagged him. This was his last year of draft eligibility, I believe. Um, and there's a reason for that. He has troubles getting out of his own zone. He is not very good as a centerman. Struggling to get out of your own zone is a big problem. So it means you're turning the it's you're turning pucks over and you're causing the team to come back the other way. When he's when he's in the offensive zone, he's fine. He's he's at home basically. He's he's at home. He can he can pass the puck like crazy. He can make great assists. But when Nathan Gaucher has better stats, offensive stats than you as well, and he's three years younger, there's some risk there. The, the, the kicker here is Ben King's old enough that, uh, you know, if they wanted to bring him right to San Diego, they could. They could let him they, – they could just not sign, and then they could uh, they could keep him in the dub again for, like, an extra overage year. That's allowed. That can happen. So lots of different ways they can go about it. They can see how he looks at development camp. Um, again, when you get in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, you're just – you get guys with raw tools, and you try to develop the holes and hope that maybe – if injury or something happens one day, they can slot in, and if they get their chance, they take it, they go. So Ben King, uh, an older guy out of Red Deer, earned his shot, definitely uh, scored enough that it got people got people looking, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll try to develop him. It's, uh, but you definitely, definitely, in, in seven games tracked with uh, Ben King in Mitch Brown's database, his controlled exit per 60 was in the 10th percentile. Oh. So that's very, very bad. <laughs> so <laughs> just not good. That, that's seven hundred five point nine minutes of his ice time, and you're in the tenth percentile. So it's it's rough. Um, but shot assists per sixty ninety seventh percent. So there's talent there. You've got to round out the game, and that's that's pretty much every, that's going to be. There's talent there, but you need to round it out. Is basically every player we're about to talk about. So cool. Perfect. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a good quote for the last guy. So we got to get all the way down. We got to get there. Okay. Well, let's, uh, uh, well, I don't have anything else to say about Ben King because we're getting into the guys. I've literally. Yeah. We, we can so. rapid fire these almost. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into the fifth round and you can tell everybody how to pronounce this guy's last name. Hibbidston. I, I, I'm probably killing it. It's uh, Connor Hibbidston. Um Defense is. He's my four checker. Think Zach Hyman. Think think Zach Hyman like. He's the guy oh, that speaking my lingo now. <laughs> he's the guy you throw into the corner to just take a beating, but he gets the puck out for your skill guys. Mm-hmm. It's a valuable position. It needs to happen and it needs yeah. to be filled. Zach Hyman was a fifth round pick of the Florida Panthers. So but there's other guys like uh Michael Bunting. He does that for the Matthews line. Um you need yeah, guys of overage that. guys, uh, you know, in, in a class where they maybe shouldn't be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we're talking earlier. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, Hibbitston, Hibbitston, That's what you hope he pans out to be. Uh, obviously, he, he said I, I said it before. I don't think I've said it on this podcast, but like they're kids. There's lots of room to grow. 
there's lots of room to stall out too. So you don't want to outright say, oh yeah, no, like don't worry about him, right? Because no, they, they got drafted for a reason. And if they put the work in to round out their game, they could go farther. But they need they need to have that uh, a drive and that work ethic. And when you don't have that natural scoring ability, you have to work your butt off every shift of every game from now until the time you make it. Just and, and once you make it, just to stay. Like Andrew Cogliano said, he says he said uh, especially when you get older and you lose the ability to just naturally find all those scoring spots, you have to work everywhere else, everywhere else on the ice just so you can stay and just so you can keep competing. And these kids need to have that, these lower end, these lower drafted kids, they need to have that every shift of every game going forward. So they're noticed and they get the opportunities when they come, they get, when they see the work ethic, they get the, they're the one that gets the call up because the management notices that they're the ones that work their butts off every shift and they don't take any, any time off when they're on the ice. So Hibbison needs to do that. He's got the motor to do it. Uh, he just needs to be a bit more successful in turning uh, turning his offensive time into goals. He's not exactly a high end finisher. So, and then uh, I think we have Michael Callow next, and I don't know yeah. if I'm going to have much on him. I'm not a big high school watcher. I tend to watch the top end picks. He played for Saint Sebastian School. Probably has ridiculous scoring numbers because it's high school hockey, and if you get drafted out of Minnesota high school, you're you just had insane point numbers. So 41 <laughs> points in 25 games. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, I don't know much about Michael Callow. And when we get to the at- sixth round, 178th overall, Vyacheslav Budiets. Uh, I'm going to steal a quote from my good pal that I've never met, Daryl Sutter. Uh, I know two things about goaltenders. I know big saves and bad goals. That's it. <laughs> So yeah, uh, <laughs> as for evaluating them and who plays, that can be the goalie coach and the goalie coach's choices. I will not ever <laughs> pretend to know about goaltenders. I will not ever pretend that I could even be a goaltender. I've tried. It's not as easy as it looks. Please stop <laughs> taking slap shots at my head. And yeah, so the, the big saves, basically what I mean by big saves and bad goals is, you know, you make the huge save, uh, the windmill stop when it should have went in. And you let in, you let Rasmus Anderson take a chip shot from your own zone and let one in. That's called a bad goal. So, uh, so you're saying terrible. the Ducks drafted Russian Mike Smith here? Uh, well, I, I actually haven't seen anybody else. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I, I can tell you the stats look better than Mike Smith in 11 <laughs> games in the VHL in Russia there. Uh, a 249 goals against average, a 66 or a 62 and 2 record, sorry, and a 918 save percentage. The, the VHL for, for Russians second tier league, basically. The V is the, yeah, their M is their junior, MHL is their junior league. And it's like below the CHL, but above like QMJH or not Q, mm. uh, above like the BCHL and the AJHL. It's like yeah. between the CHL and that. Mm. The VHL is like their step up, like their intro to the pros. It's their version of the AHL. Still not as skilled as the AHL. So I'll put it somewhere between where college hockey kind of ends mm-hmm. and like better than the East Coast League, but pro- definitely not near the AHL level of talent. So that's kind of where that leads, which is good, which means theoretically you could stay there. You could jump to the K, you could stay there. If he comes over, it, the Flames just did it. I, I'm, I don't know if it was Arseny Sergeyev or Daniil Chechelev. One, one of them came over. That's Pike. Pike's the goalie guy. Like I said, I do not pretend for one second to know or even care about the goalies. I apologize. <laughs> but, no, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I just I never played it. 
I don't know how to value it. I played DN center growing up. So that's why I can like, okay, I, this is where you're supposed to, I was coached both ways. So it's like, okay, you're, you're just like, the hey, I'll protect you and you do your shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goal, goalies are. Carter, Carter knows that too. He did it for yeah, me yeah. for ball hockey. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I bought, yeah, I just basically, uh, I used to have this guy. I uh, lived in my crescent. It was Parker Garrickson. I missed him. He moved away when we were 16 and, uh, and he, we used to play road hockey and he would always, he was, he was definitely more skilled than me. And he would always just make me be the goalie and he would just come <laughs> up and, play ball and just take slap shots at me. And I would just take it until mom <laughs> called me in for dinner. So <laughs> never got to work on my skills, but I sure as hell took a beating. So it was all good. <laughs> you, were, you were joking earlier, like, please taking uh, quit taking slap shots at my head. There was one time I got suited up uh, on my cousin's backyard rink. All three of my cousins played, uh, you know, like rep hockey and that kind of thing. My cousin's still a, a, a junior B captain and everything like that, or my youngest. And uh, there's the one day that I was just like, yeah, let's go out into the backyard rink. I'll suit up. And and uh, at, at first I was I was like, oh, okay. They're, you know, they're, they're taking like slap shots from the other end and they're coming up high kind of thing. And then I realized they're intentionally shooting at my head. So I started intentionally putting my head in the way if it was going wide. And that's what, yeah. Yeah, goalies are weird, everybody. Okay, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah so that's that's this year's draft class um you can add it to an already slew of great prospects from the last few years we we talked about mctavish um we i i just want to mention the fact that on zellweger is going to be the steal of the 2021 draft i still believe that that. so uh he he, that's just an absolute i was unreal this year we talk about the first year being the most important well on zellweger what did he just? What did he have? Nate, you're the stats guy. You want to pull it up? I'm, for I'm pulling it up right now. If, yeah, yeah. Uh, give me yeah, it was, it was something ridiculous, here. anyways. Oh, it's. Yeah. I'm looking right at it. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, guy was nuts. Uh, yeah, for the Everett Silver Tips of the WHL, uh, as a defenseman, remember, 55 games played, 78 points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 just it's. I, every team passed on him. Well, not every team. There's probably someone that didn't have a first-round pick that didn't get a chance to. But everyone passed on him. His star potential in Byron Bader's NHLE model went from 71 up to 75%. His comparables are Dougie Hamilton, Oliver Ekman, Larson, Zach Gorensky, and Aaron Ekblad. From my limited hockey experience, uh, those are those are pretty good defensemen. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, they're, they're all they're they're okay. I think all of them make you know a decent paycheck. Let's see, nine million, seven million, <laughs> nine million, eight. I don't. I glad somewhere above seven too. So yeah, and then Daryl Sador. And I don't know if people remember who Daryl Sador was, but he was a good defenseman as well. So yeah. Zellweger has done everything. Calgary boy. So I'm not shy to plug him. Calgary boy. He he's something like every. There's going to be a bunch of teams. He went 34th. A bunch of teams are going to be pissed they didn't take him. So since it's a draft show, we'll talk about last year's draft. That passive job, I love him. I love him. He needs to still work on his skating. His offensive instincts are crazy. He should have went in the early second round as well. He went 66th to the Ducks. You also have Jacob Perot coming, who is a natural sniper. It's one of the best shots of the 2020 draft that I saw when I was watching. Um He's he's gonna be there. He's gonna be a really good winger. And if you can get guys that can dish the puck like Leno, and if McTavish and uh, Zegras do end yeah, up, I was just thinking like, oh, like oh, Zegras dishing them. Yes, please. Well, if you can, well, you think think of having uh, Troy Terry, Mason McTavish, and Jacob Perot together uh, two years down the line. 
That's a crash and banger. That's a big guy that creates space and a guy that can pass and a guy that can score. I'm like, going to embarrass my parents and my girlfriend here, but Shane, I can only get so hard, man. <laughs> Sorry, Suzanne. You're welcome. Um, and then you have Sam Colangelo, who's uh, Chicago Steel has done nothing but pump out quality prospects. And he's been playing at college, I think Northeastern. And he had a really good year, 27 points, 29 games. Um, he's also progressing. So the like I said, the last three drafts, you found a lot of forward talent. Uh, Drysdale's already there. Zellweger's coming. You went heavy on D this time. Um, you rounded out. They stay sh- good in goal as long as Johnny Gibson stays. So, yeah, hopefully we're not talking about him this time next week. I just hope we're not talking about him at all this summer. Honestly. Yeah. So, so you added a bunch of good D prospects. You added a various, various amounts of ages and types of forwards. Um, typically they, they went for a lot of size here. They went for a lot of size, um, especially with Gaucher and Warren. So all in all, good draft for the Ducks. I, I, I personally like their draft. I don't think they're going to be getting ranked A by any of like the professional Pronmans or the Scott Wheelers. But I, I personally, I would take it a B plus. I think they did a good draft. I think one of their defense, two of the three defensemen will end up being at least good, if not all three. And, you have trade chips now just because you draft, you drafted good players, different types of players, and you can use them future in trades if you end up being a good or close to a playoff run. So, yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I was, uh, that was my next question for you was what grade would you give the ducks here? And That's I was, where I was going to, <laughs> I was definitely going to say like, I'm always, I would give I'm them always one step too, ahead. So. Boys. I'm always answering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still remember. Uh, I don't even like know why first... we're here. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> we could just sign you up and like, let you go for an hour. <laughs> so remember, like the first time we had you on, it was just like, you just kind of went off. I, I get, yeah. we were even talking to as a waiver claim and I was just like, okay, who is this? Oh, it was, uh, I remember it was, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah and i just and, went and that i remember you just went up and i was just like that. uh okay I, uh, I i got no more questions here so thanks Jay, for coming on <laughs> you're, yeah you're i remember to guess that, honestly right? <laughs> i tried to slow down this time because i remembered i just ta- did all the talking last time so i slowed it down to let carter get at least a couple words in so yeah no, that's good <laughs> i said i said uh i wouldn't i wouldn't have to do the heavy lifting this episode it's gonna be great it's gonna be a night off for me <laughs> yeah yeah so uh good uh, I mean, now we got you got to turn your focus to free agency, obviously, but because uh, it's quick. Um, but the Ducks, yeah. the Ducks aren't like no one's expecting them to be a playoff team next year. Like its expectations are still not there. Like, do they want to be? Sure. LA Kings made massive moves. Calgary, we have no idea what's going to happen with them. Edmonton still has McDavid. The Knights should rebound. Should they like, shouldn't miss again, especially with a full training camp and a full year of training for Jack Eichel. Um, yeah. So it's not exactly going to be with, a cakewalk. Uh, in Bruce the Cassidy leading the charge at the right. bench now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's still a lot. It usually only send three teams from the from the Pacific. Could be a year where four is. I don't know. I don't know. I got to really see what Vancouver does here to see if I even consider them. They've got fantastic goaltender in Thatcher Demko, but their D is still a little weak, and they're up front. Like they're talking about trading JT Miller. So, like, are you going for it? Are you rebuilding? Like, you need to make a choice here, Vancouver. Eventually. Um, Patrick Alvin, um, did you guys see that they they drafted Elias Pettersson? Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, so by the way, the Canucks, who's their best player, is Elias Pettersson, drafted Elias Pettersson. <laughs> I was so, like, no, you did not read that wrong, and no, we did not read the teleprompter wrong either. <laughs> yeah, I was just hoping uh, Jack Hughes, too, would go to the Devils as well, but he went. Oh, somewhere. yeah. 
That'd have been yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't go to Montreal because his dad, his dad. That's the funny part. His dad was the, is the GM of the Habs, so everyone was like. But girlfriend asked oh, me, she's yeah, like, "Would we right. take him?" I was like, "You can't. You no. can't justify ever taking your kid." And no, and unless like point, one of your scouts will say you did it on purpose. Yeah, like unless one of your scouts is like he's a top five for me actually. Before unless like if Central Scouting has your kid ranked third and you're a GM, you yeah you yeah. can right yeah. like everyone will be like yeah okay whatever right. But I can't think of otherwise. When, 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 the, when the second round's so volatile and you've got like how many much about how many picks like they could have took him. <laughs> But I wouldn't. <laughs> like, like I love, kid will go somewhere, but I, I'm not taking him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, see you later, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can go somewhere else. You're not dealing with me and my dictatorship here, so we're, <laughs> we're just going to move on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Carter, do you have uh, anything else, I guess? Uh I do have one more question for Shane. I don't want to take up too much of your time because we've no, already had you, you for, no, for an hour. But <laughs> you take um, all of it, Carter. You're good. But just because we uh, we we talked a little bit about free agency, we just kind of touched on it. What do you think? If you could make one move for the Ducks in free agency, what's the one move you think they need to do to have a successful? Uh, well, next they need Wednesday to figure out. They really need to figure out, and I and I mean it seriously. They need to figure out what they're doing with Max Comtois, mm-hmm. like. He was a high-end pick. He showed potential right away, and then he obviously had a he had a back year that uh, set him back a bit. And what are you going to do with him? You need to solve that immediately because that's a roster spot. He's he's not waiver eligible anymore. You need you need to free that up. Um, you lost Getzlaff. Theoretically, we talked about it. McTavish can bump in there. The Ducks have so much cap space, though. They need to hit the floor. Right, yeah. they have they have only have th- four defensemen signed. Maher, I don't know, you know, if you count Mahura, but you'll get back at you. And you just got Erho Vakanainen. I'm saying his name so bad, um, but you've got Fowler, Shattenkirk, and Drysdale, and Drysdale's only making nine two five. So I see them going after a defenseman, preferably a left shot one, because uh, you got Shattenkirk and Drysdale on the right. Preferably mm-hmm. a left shot one. Um, I don't think John Moore plays so. Um, you definitely, I, I, do you need to replace Lindholm? You need, you need someone, you need, you need a top four left wing. So I wouldn't be surprised to see, or not left wing, left D. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the ducks go give a two or three year deal to a veteran left shot defenseman, um, worth a fair amount of money because they need to hit the floor. So I'm talking like three or 4 million over two or three years. So, um, that wouldn't surprise me. They still have to pay Lundestrom, Milano and Steele. Those shouldn't be expensive. Those, none of those players really showed went either way milano might be the most expensive of those uh you probably bridge lundestrom because he's only 22 mm-hmm. uh, but like your top your top paid player right now is fowler at six and a half million like like, like yeah, that's a bad problem to have <laughs> like, no, like it's, it, it's, it's, great, it's yeah. him at six and a half it's gibson at 6.4 and it's henrik at 5.8 third most paid is shattenkirk 3.9 and yeah yeah. Do you think he finishes the year as a duck, or do you think he gets traded at the trade deadline because he's a pending UFA? I probably gets traded. He's a Stanley Cup mm-hmm. champion. Like, you know, like people forget that part. Like, like that matters to teams at the deadline. So, um, you're gonna need money to sign Zegers here right away. But I mean, even if you bridge him, it's not gonna be over six, seven million. So, uh, you're probably losing Zach Aston Reese. Uh, he'll probably because he'll get paid on the market, and so you definitely need veteran presences. You can't just have the kids there. So I see a veteran left shot D, and I definitely see some. It would be nice for them to sign another center, like and not just completely rely on 
Henrique, Zegers, and McTavish, really. And you've got yeah. Sam Carrick, and you've got Lundestrom and whatnot. Maybe a right wing? They don't really have that many right shot right wings, do they? Silverberg, but he's hurt, isn't he? Yeah, he's very yeah, unreliable for playing 82 games. So Yeah, I, I, they could definitely use, outside Troy Terry, they could definitely use some skill on the right-hand shot side, and none of the prospects are going to be ready. So you maybe see that. You might see them dump five, mm-hmm. six million into a right-shot winger. It, it depends if they want to compete, but they, they, they tried. They tried to get Dadunov. They tried. He's not a right-shot winger, but he's a, he's a right winger. He's a left-shot right yeah. winger. But, uh, they, I, I, I foresee that. I foresee a veteran right winger and a veteran left defenseman. Yeah, uh, Anaheim mm-hmm. tried to get uh, Dadunov. Uh, Vegas said, okay, let's do it. And Dadunov said, uh, hold on a second here. <laughs> yeah, he pulled a Matt Murray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt, Murray, Matt Murray, who would rather play for the Belleville Senators than the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Which, that, that's man, like, does, does that show how much oh. he enjoys actually being like in Ontario? Or does that show what he thinks about the Buffalo Sabres more than anything? I, you both. Both? <laughs> both. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens with him. But uh, you, you were talking about uh, left hand defenseman. Um, I, I don't know, know. A, name, a name that a name that stuck out. Calvin DeHaan could be interesting. That would fit. Like you need a veteran De- left. And, yeah, and defensive right hand Right hand shots are offensive guys in Drysdale and, and Shattuck. Yeah. So getting a shutdown guy, you said Manson might come back, which would be fine. <laughs> That'd be, That'd be the right. ideal situation. You still need someone for the left side because unless yeah. you think Mahura is the answer, which, you know, he could develop, but I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. And, yeah, like so uh, I don't know who the UFA is here. Oh, he can go get PK. I didn't know PK Subban was available. Oh, Malkin. Oh, yeah, just some casual Bergeron, Goudreau. Just some casual names out here. <laughs> <laughs> It's a pretty quiet day. Nothing too interesting. Let's go get Phil Kessel. There's some great food in California. <laughs> a veteran, veteran right hand shot, and yep. playoff teams aren't exactly playoff teams aren't exactly lining up to sign him, right? So oh, yeah. I think he stays in Arizona. To be honest with you, well, they like they he likes it there. Let's yeah. see defenseman here, Nicoletti. Yeah, well, he's not exactly defensive. Right. Calvin DeHaan seems right. Um, you could bring Manson back. That's you know you you might not like this, but Nikita Zadarov and Ben Sherratt fit fit that mold that I'm talking about. Veteran okay, Ben, ben Sherratt, I'll go for Zadarov mm-hmm. though. I want him as far away from any team that I talk about, please. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the UFAs here. Ryan Murray's not what he used to be. He played 37 games for Colorado, only got four assists. Uh, Brett Kulak would be a good get. But I yeah. think his prominent his all the rumors say he's more likely to stay in Edmonton because he's got a good fit there now, especially with yeah. Keith retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, oh hell, you go get Chris Russell. <laughs> hey, me- former Medicine Hat Tiger Carter, and I like that one. But yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm getting out of the point Russell. where the list gets pretty <laughs> scarce. But any one of those names I mentioned, they would fit just fine. Yeah, yeah we should trade John Gibson. You need, sign a... spend, you need to spend money to get to the cap floor. They have yeah, 40 million thing, in cap yeah. space, and their RFAs aren't going to demand more than maybe 10 of that. So you have 30 million, you got to spend at least probably 12 to 15. So what are you going to do? So you might you might as well go spend because you don't need a goalie, you don't need a number one center, you don't need a number one D. Like, like you've got Drysdale, you've got Degris, you've got you've got Gibson. Like to me, that's what I would do. I would look at that market. I would look at what fits. I would look and see. 
you know, price range and what they want term. Like, these are all guys in their 30, 31, 30, 29. Like you could sign them to three, four years, get effective years out of them and, and go forward. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of laughing. Cause we're talking like, Oh, okay. Like who's the guy that we need uh, that, that, uh, left-hand shots for defense, right? Or who's that right-hand guy on uh, on the forward there? And it's guys that we traded away at the, away at the deadline. Josh Manson, Ricard Raquel. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky. The guys you just traded away? <laughs> like everyone else and, and needs to develop. Yeah, and, and don't forget, we need Nick Delorier back. Uh, yeah, good luck. That's what... Yeah, he is is very sought after. He is a unique player. You don't sign Nick Delorier for his offense. You sign Nick Delorier so people leave your top players alone. He's he's a very inexpensive Milan Lucic at this point. Um, Remember that Lucic way better in terms of defense and actual like on ice hockey knowledge. But don't discount Delorier. He gets in. He will take a beating, and he'll take muck, and he'll take whatever. So. Yeah, I remember the the twenty one deadline. Um, it didn't quite go through, but it got announced like it did, uh, or got reported like it did that uh, uh, Delorier was going to go to Pittsburgh for a first round pick. <laughs> uh, sneaky name, sneaky name. You know, we, we joked around. Sneaky name that would actually fit the Ducks, and like they could eventually move them for more if they wanted to. Is Riley Smith? Oh yeah. Riley Smith, he's thirty-one. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a good idea, actually. Like the other, the other, the names out there aren't that intriguing for the right shot. Like outside Raquel, uh, it's it's a thirty-six-year-old Radulov. It's a f- aging Phil Kessel. It's David Perron, who probably will stay with the Blues. Like he, he, do you know he's only ever signed contracts with the Blues? He's played for like five teams. Every contract he's ever right. signed he's been with the Blues. <laughs> fun, fun little weird fact there. Nemesnikov, Nemesnikov, didn't he already have a stint in Anaheim? Didn't Vladislav Nemesnikov stop by one day for a little slew in the? That's what I can remember. Double checking. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He he strikes me as Detroit and Tampa. Yeah, he strikes me as a guy as well. He strikes me as a guy that you could give uh, two year, two and a half, three million dollars to, and he'd fill a hole. Right, right. Like he'd fill a hole. Yeah. Play multiple positions. We'll see. Verbeek's pretty smart. Uh, Evan Rodriguez is a guy that might get a lot of p- suitors and get a quite a bit of a pay increase. Uh, Pittsburgh probably going to lose him because they're trying to keep Evgeny Malkin. So just some names, just some just some names. Those are the guys with enough skill that they can help help you score goals, and and they're not too old. So, but hmm. yeah, the market's not exactly swimming in uh, right wing market's not exactly swimming with top end prospects. Yeah, Josh, Levo. Here, so. Josh Levo, Josh Levo just won um, AHL MVP for the playoffs. Uh, I, I bet you he's back in the NHL playing for some team next year. He should be. He, he didn't deserve to be in the AHL as far as I'm concerned. He had a great year in Calgary. He just had, didn't have any puck luck. So, Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, I got nothing else, Carter. You got, I'll ask you again. Do you got anything yeah, else? No, no, I'm good. That was it. <laughs> All right. Well, Shane, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, let everybody know what you're up to, where to find you, and yeah. Uh, Flames Nation Radio is my my podcast. Uh, well, it's not mine. It's Pikes, but uh, I like to tag along. Uh, <laughs> Flames Nation Radio, you can find it. I'm constantly writing uh, different pieces for Flames Nation. Uh, it's not beyond the box score when there's no box scores to be beyond. So uh, right now, I'm just – I did a bunch of second-round targets, and, and like I said, I'm – 
I, I've got to quickly, t- like pretty much tonight and tomorrow, get out of draft mode and get into free agency mode. And that's so hard for the Flames right now because I'm like, do I write an article on how Vincent Trocek would be good, but only if Johnny Gaudreau leaves? Or do I wait and see what happens with Johnny Gaudreau? It is a nightmare to try yeah, and do free agent targets because I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I I know you alluded to it already on your Twitter, but I think we do need a, an article about that Johnny Gaudreau guy. I think he'd be a great fit in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought I was pretty witty this morning. Mike so. <laughs> answered me immediately. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even get the phone back in my pocket and it buzzed and Pike answered. So I was like, what are you doing, Pike? Like, <laughs> finding my little tweet. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I've been making fun of a lot of things lately. I've just been sarcastic on Twitter. My Twitter name has been on there the whole time. By all means, follow me. I, I do cover the Flames, but I will answer any question about any team. Um, honestly, because I pride myself in not being biased, um, I'll tell the flames they suck, even if they are good. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's where I'm at flamesnation.ca. It's the only place you can find me right now. And it's the only place I'm going to be, uh, as I know, coming up this next year. So sounds good. And if you're listening to the podcast as well, uh, Shane's Twitter handle is at flash underscore 33 on Twitter. My handle is at Tate Namas, T A T E N H O M A S. And Carter's going to play some outro music and tell you where to find him. Yeah, I am at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. The show is at Quack Report Pod on all the stuff, The Quack Report on YouTube. Um, Thank you guys very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, probably Friday for a free agency talk. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.